Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Toto Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, the president of the Noseminster family of guitar effects. You can check us out at westminstereffects.com and make sure you join in the discussion the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook. As usual, in person, I am joined by... Bradley Cox, Mr. Pastor, MVP of the National Preaching League, Pastor at Resurrection Church guest on the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast and All 7 Days Podcast. Here I am. That's pretty good. That is literally the best intro you have ever had. I'm getting better. Almost 100 episodes. Yeah, none of the wheels fell off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And also, as usual, via the interwebs, bye. John. Oh, sorry. (laughs) That's that's me. (laughs) I don't know why I looked over there. My daughter's sleeping. I wasn't like looking over my shoulder to see, hey, why didn't you answer, uh, dummy? Uh, the John Ross here, Westminster Effects artist, uh, Augsburgian Christian uh, from Lincoln, Nebraska. And also in person, not per usual, but special guest in town today. Stan Fields, host of the All Seven Days podcast and giver of nicknames to Pastor Mr. Pastor Bradley, the <laughs> NFL, MVP of the, M- I can't even oh, say okay, it. Okay, so your wheels are falling the MVP off. The MVP of the NPL, the high and reverend pastor. <laughs> oh yes, the Bradley right, the, the high right reverend. <laughs> yes. high right reverend pastor Bradley the humble. Uh, also <laughs> giver of half of my DNA. That's correct. Uh, <laughs> and I want it back. <laughs> um, that ROI not not doing it for you. <laughs> did, did we did we get to the whole fact that you host the All Seven Days podcast? I think I did say All Seven okay. Days. Okay. This is this is game one of our double header. As right. Ernie Banks said, let's play two, and uh, we're about to do that here in a second. Can we do seven podcast. seven innings each? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. That's actually what we're going to do today. Uh, we're not going to do a proper inquisition. We're not even going to go the full amount of time, partially because of this, uh, but partially because of the, the subject that we're going to tackle. And the listeners uh, were all in a clamor of wanting to hear our uh, takes on the George Floyd situation, the uh, the tragedy that happened in Minneapolis, uh, where he George Floyd. If you haven't seen it, I don't know where you've been. Like you are literally under a rock. Uh, but George Floyd, uh, unarmed black man, seemed to not be resisting and killed by a police officer there via a neck or a, a knee to his neck for nine minutes, almost nine minutes, I believe it was. Yeah. It seems that he died from asphyxiation, and since then we've had protests. Um, I think all of us would would uh, would agree that the protests are warranted yes. yeah. in terms sure. of police brutality and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, those some of those protests have also included some rioting, yeah. which I think we would all agree is not called for, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, those people didn't weren't responsible for this thing, right? Like, it's destruction of property, it's theft, all of that kind of stuff, and God has clear commands against that. Yes. Uh, but kind of what we want to get to is, where's the gospel in all of this? There's been uh, a wide variety of opinions and hot takes and not-so-hot takes from 
from Christians all over the spectrum, uh, some from really well-reasoned, exegetical type of stuff to what I I came up with this phrase the other night talking to my wife about this. Uh, it's like an emotional convulsion almost mm-hmm. from some of them mm-hmm. uh, where, where there's not, you know, it's no real perspective. It's let's feel guilty about everything. <laughs> um, so... Where do where do we go from here? How can we find the gospel in this situation? It seems I guess we can start. It seems that George Floyd was a believer, at least from what I heard. That's what I've heard. Mm. Yep. Did yeah. you hear that, John? Uh, yeah, I've heard the I've heard the same okay. thing. Okay, so nobody's heard the opposite. Mm-hmm. So we can be thankful then uh, that if that's true, he's hanging out with Jesus right now, right? Mm-hmm. It's true. Yep. And as Padre and your podcast right now, you're going through the New City Catechism, correct? Uh, like we are here at Res. Well, we've paused it for the coronavirus thing, uh, but even the first question of that: What's your only hope in life and in death? Right. Uh, which is also the first question of the Heidelberg Catechism: Is that I'm not my own, but have been bought body and soul by Jesus Christ. Right. So, I don't know. I'm talking a lot more than normal, <laughs> and I'm starting to get uncomfortable. Somebody else needs to say something. <laughs> You know, I, I've seen uh, um, I've seen lots of reactions, including the you know the on Instagram the black yeah post just a just a black square, and so the the hard part is to know what to say as mm-hmm. and, and and because there's two sides of that. I really don't want to say the wrong thing. Yep, and. Um, and in my own experience, uh, I, you know, I'm not sure what the right thing to say is. And other than trying to figure out how the gospel comes into this. And, of course, mm-hmm. Cody, you shared the Vody Bauckham sermon, or I don't know if it was a sermon, but it certainly felt mm-hmm. like a sermon because I was getting preached to, uh, <laughs> which was which I thought was just exactly what needed to be said mm-hmm. um, from from his perspective, especially Uh but you know, my I guess my whole thought process through this is, is what if we what if we got all this fixed? What if we got racial reconciliation done? What if we got um you know, maybe fixed world hunger, maybe what if we got you know, all this social justice stuff fixed? What if we got mm-hmm. the world just like we want it, but we leave the gospel out of it? Yeah. You know, it's like it's like Vody said in his sermon. The worst thing that ever happened to his uh, ethnic ethnic group was not slavery. Mm-hmm. It wasn't lynchings. That was not the worst thing that happened. The worst thing that happened was that you know people were lost and died without God. Yep. And so, how do we? How do I guess the question is how do we stop the noise that's out there so that the gospel is heard? Yep. Um. So, and I, I don't know the answer to that, so I'm going to shut up and let wiser people. <laughs> so, talk so you're to me talking, now. and now you're uncomfortable. <laughs> That's right, I am, <laughs> and uh, and I'm not even supposed to be here. So, <laughs> That's okay, we got we got two other guys who are. So, yeah, so. yeah well, that doesn't mean that uh, that all of us know uh, no no to stay either. <laughs> well, then why am I here? <laughs> I came to get wisdom today. This is just like a Rob Bell event. Nobody knows the answers. <laughs> Uh, well, if uh, if we're ever if we're, if we're ever struck by silence, we can always rag on other uh, figures within the church. That uh, seems to be our default. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I, you know, I've, I've had a lot of just, I've spent time like personally reflecting mm-hmm. um, in the wake of this, um, which is probably one of the first things I would say is that, you know, we, we've been studying through James and James says, chapter one, verse 19, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Yep. Um, and I don't think James instruction to be quick to listen and slow to speak is to say that we should remain silent. I just think that it's, um, and this is in the statement that um, our elders at Res put together that we're going to um, put out this Sunday, is that you, I think James' instruction, the heart of it is that we listen first, we seek compassion and empathy first, and then vocalization second. And our culture is the exact opposite. There's this enormous pressure to say something, and yet... In a lot of ways, particularly if you are white, there's a hesitancy and a and a you know a pause. It's like I just don't want to say the wrong thing mm-hmm. um, because emotions are so high and, and tensions are so high. And I think we all have to acknowledge that it's there's a lack of understanding that we have about how African Americans feel. Sure, you know, I mean, I this is one of the personal thoughts that I've had recently is that you know I. I did not grow up in a racist home, I don't feel like, um, where there was hatred of people because of the color of their skin. Um, But within my family, you know, just a generation back or two, Mm -hmm. if I would have dated a black girl, Mm -hmm. there would have been issues. Like there would have been, not like, you know, disowning me or prohibiting me, I don't think, but like there would have been just because of the color of their skin before mm-hmm. you ever even got to know her. Right. Um, and so who am I to say that I don't need to be, that my heart doesn't need to be searched that I don't, because I think I hear a lot of white Christians saying, well, I'm not a racist and okay, great. But I don't know that that gets us where we need to go. Sure. I think we need to, you know, the the gospel calls us to compassion and empathy. Paul says in Colossians 3, put on compassion. Mm -hmm. Seek understanding. James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And so um, this was a verse that I was kind of reflecting on this morning. Isaiah 1, chapter 16 and 17, wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil and then learn to do good. Yeah. Then seek justice. Then correct oppression. Then bring justice to the fatherless and plead the widow's case. So I think there's a – the gospel calls us as believers to first, with the help of the Holy Spirit and the supervision of Scripture, to look inwardly first. Right. And then from there – we're able to talk about the supremacy of Christ, mm-hmm. uh, that justice ultimately resides in his sovereign hand, that, yes, George Floyd's death is unjust, not justifiable, and it is therefore evil. Mm-hmm. But if he knew Christ, that's not the worst thing that could have happened to him. Correct. Right. As much as my heart breaks for his family yep. and their grief right now, it's not the worst thing that could have happened to him. And, you know, the gospel, the gospel I mean, you guys kind of feedback on what I'm about to say. The gospel doesn't address systems 
as much as it addresses people's hearts. Mm-hmm. Right. I might could even make the case that it exclusively addresses the hearts of people right. and not the system. I never see Paul railing against systems. Right. But I do see him challenging the heart and mm-hmm. motives and calling people to live and walk by the Spirit. And I mm-hmm. think that... That's for the church. That's what we must do. Right. It's it's the implications of the gospel of of when people have new hearts, they want basically how God has set up justice. Yeah. Right. Where where we even see in His law, like you're not going to show partiality, yep. rich, poor, skin color. Yeah. Uh, we even get um like search warrants and stuff from scripture, <laughs> like within right. our, within our constitution, even the federalized form of government is, is all derived from scripture. And, but it doesn't matter if your hearts are still jacked up, then those systems are going to be even more abused than they already are. But I would say this too, is that new, new heart, ha- having a new heart, as a born again believer, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily eradicate all bias. Sure, right. Like there, there is this constant renewal of the mind mm-hmm. that must take place, and that's why we keep digging in Scripture. Right. Otherwise, our salvation would be new birth, and we're good. We don't right. read the Bible. We just, we right. just live. Well, no, we have to have our minds renewed. We constantly are checking our hearts. We're constantly. Uh, asking the Lord, you know, search my heart, see if there be any wicked way in me, because my my bias can still exist, and I see the world. I, I am I am striving to see the world through a biblical lens. Yep. Um, but at times my vision is cloudy with that, and I and that's why I say we we need to we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak. Um, and 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 I I just say this I. I have a strong distaste in my mouth. You mentioned the Instagram blackout Tuesday and all that stuff. Fine, great. Mm-hmm. If, if you participated in that after having sought genuine compassion and empathy, good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I, I feel this strong rejection in me. I have not posted on social media about this. And I yeah, actually got I a text last night mm. from somebody in the church asking me why I had not. Oh boy! And I said to that person, "I don't do that. Right? Like, that's not me. That mm-hmm. might be good for Cody Fields or someone else. But I, I, I'm rejecting the social media pressure to say something. Right? Yep. That's why I'm waiting until I stand before the people that God has called me, along with four other men, to shepherd and pastor. And yep. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take responsibility for them." And call them to be quick to listen, slow to speak. Ask the Holy Spirit to search their hearts and pursue justice and reconciliation. Yeah. I think one of the reasons I've been really slow to, to post the black picture or the anything on social media is because I can't think of anything that I have to say that any, any anyone else hasn't already said. Yeah. That yeah. is going to somebody's going to read that or hear it or or see it and say, oh, well, that changes everything. Yeah, you know, and that's <laughs> so. What's the point? What is the point of that? There, you know, just to know, just for everybody else to know, where that I'm with you or I'm not with you. Um, that doesn't change anything. It doesn't do any good. So that's why I've, that's why I've stepped back from it. I mean, you know, and I'm not a big social media poster anyway. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, I definitely wasn't going to do follow along with that just just because everybody was doing it. Yeah, but, anything anything that I've done on social media with this is for the most part been like get back to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Let's yep. take let's keep scripture in its proper context. Like let's not abuse it. Um, and 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 I did I did get a question. So the. Uh, the tradition, as is tradition, Brian Morris asked why, why Westminster Effects didn't participate in the Blackout Tuesday. And I didn't feel, just like you, Padre, like I didn't feel like that was going to actually add anything to the conversation. Right. Um, it, for me, it would have ultimately been virtue signaling. Hey, look at yeah. how awesome I am. Yeah. I can do this, too. Yeah. It's kind of um, like posting your daily devotional with your coffee and your Bible. Right. Where? where <laughs> yes. Except... Except preach on except your highlighter. You, except you definitely need to read your dang Bible. That's true. You yeah. don't have to post a, a blackout picture. And and Bradley, with with that situation, uh, that actually, like I've I've had interactions uh, on social media with Christians effectively saying you have to say something, and that's not a command from God in mm. Scripture. No. So that's that's binding the conscience. Of other Christians with something that God didn't put on them, no. which is actually yeah. the definition of legalism. You know, it, and it's the opposite of the approach that Paul took with Philemon. Yeah, you know, Paul. Show me somewhere where Paul railed against the system of slavery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not in the New Testament. Right. In fact, he sent one back. Well, that's what he did yeah. with yeah. Onesimus, yeah. and yet in peop- with people that he's in relationship with. Mm-hmm. He's having conversation, right. and he's speaking, um, he's advocating for, I mean, would we say Onesimus was, I mean, he, he had obviously made some mistakes, maybe wronged Philemon. Paul mm-hmm. says, you charge that to my account. Mm-hmm. Paul's being an agent of reconciliation mm-hmm. there with people that he knows yeah. and is in relationship with. And I think what I know about you, Cody, is that, you don't post on social media and then excuse yourself from the harder work of conversation and listening and empathy and reconciliation in your relationships and community. Mm-hmm. But I think there are a lot of people that think that, well, if I just post a black screen on Instagram on Tuesday that I've done my part and right. no, that yeah. you, you haven't done your part. Um, you, you, that may be a, you know, an outgrowth of doing your part, right. but it's not in and of itself the the kind of contribution we need to make. I think this. I think for I think for the church, we need to yes, call out evil and expose it, but we need to we need to labor in our our local field. You know, like I. I don't know how many of our people in our church listen to this, but uh, I, I, um, I'm, I'm having conversations with other pastors yeah. about what we can do in Greer. Right. Like, what, what, what's something really productive that the church can participate in, in Greer, in our community, with people that we go to Starbucks with and the, we shop alongside mm-hmm. at the grocery store? How can we be agents of reconciliation and promote, um, you know, the kind of biblical spiritual introspection that's needed and um, and promote the gospel. Yep. Uh, that that to me is is where this needs to go. And as far as the system goes, um, maybe we need to we need to think long and hard about the voting booth 
and the kind of people that we put in place to legislate the system if it is bent in the wrong direction. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. legislation is not going to fix everything, but uh, and I hope the peaceful protest will initiate societal change. Um, I pray that they will. Yeah, but I think our my part is is going to be more local and relational. Right. Um, and and that's and that's where where people have to understand that everyone in uh, whether it's in the local church or in the community is going to be gifted in different ways. Right. I actually had a, a conversation after our uh, small group with our other pastor here on staff, Keith, and and we were kind of talking about how you know the two of us are wired so differently. Where he is, he's more of a doer. He is. Like he thrives off Halloween hoopla every year. Yeah, oh yeah. Like he just goes nuts on that. Uh, where I'm more of a nerd, and that and that's a, like that's okay for both of us, right? You know, God is going to use both of those things however He sees fit. Yeah. And uh, and so if if somebody uh, feels the call, uh, you know, we can talk about the Protestant ethic or uh, work ethic and. Uh, 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 vo- doctrine of vocation and stuff like that. If someone feels called to run for office and affect change and point to what God has said about these things, mm-hmm. about how we're all made in his image and how we all deserve equity under the law, then awesome. Go for it. Yeah, please. Um, mm-hmm. But if someone is a local pastor and feels that possibly, and I don't know if this is your thought, part of it could be, you could be do, doing more harm than good yeah. with a social media post, depending on what you say or if you slip up or if you fat finger something and accidentally cuss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Which I would screenshot that and hold that over your head forever. Uh-oh. All right, John, you hadn't said anything. Tell us your thoughts. I mean, and you, may, and you may have a totally different angle. I, I don't. Um, you know, I've I too have been uh, socially silent. Of course, I've had discussions with uh, with family and friends. I mean, yesterday, uh, some of our listeners uh, joined Cody and I in a chat, uh, like a video chat yesterday in the podcast lounge, and and we uh, uh, mentioned bits and pieces uh, of this and and how. Uh, we can take a big step back and, and uh, address the wider concerns of, honestly, the depravity of mankind. Yeah. But we're unable to fully understand or relate with the, with the entire portion of our society that's struggling with this right now. Um, but what we can do, you know, we can, we can support, we can have compassion, we can understand, I mean, uh, with, with the help of those that already understand. And, you know, it's difficult for me to say anything better than, than how the three of you have already put it. Um, you know, the, uh. I didn't really know what the Blackout Tuesday thing was until until later on in the day. I just I saw it and I was like, oh, okay, I'm sure this is, you know, like sometimes people put rainbows on their profile pictures for other reasons. And I was like, okay, this is just something that's taking place. And uh, But then I saw that the idea of it was that the spirit of it was supposed to be 
that your profile picture was blacked out, that you didn't post anything that wasn't related or constructive to the situation going on. Um, essentially, uh, to, to squelch all the noise so that the world could focus on, on the change that needs to occur. Um, but you know, as as you mentioned, Cody, with why why Westminster and and, and Nose didn't didn't issue a, a formal statement, is when we're supposed to be focusing on uh, perhaps solutions uh, to to an issue, right? When Every company you've ever done business with, just like they did when 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 COVID nineteen became became a serious thing, every business you've ever done business with starts you know popping up on Facebook or email saying, um, "Yes, this is reprehensible." I'm glad you feel that it's reprehensible. Like I'm very very glad that you feel this is reprehensible. Um, yeah. But there, at the same time, there were others using this as an opportunity to gain more business. By saying, I mean, yes, by saying yep. that there's like I donate a portion of the proceeds or, or something like that. I mean, eh, I don't know. Um, but because of how all of that can get jumbled and uh, mistaken, uh, I uh, I didn't participate in Blackout Tuesday, even if I I did kind of fully realize what it was until until later in the day. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I personally have uh, stress with is uh, I have I have no, uh, at least I, I would personally like to think, I mean, obviously, um, as you mentioned, Brad, our own, our own biases can get in the way of our own perception. Uh, I would like to think that, that I, have, I have no uh, racist or, or uh, bigotry-laden thoughts or feelings or sentiments or, or, or otherwise. Um, and I thank God that I was raised in a family that didn't. Um, at the same time, uh, I also have very, very good friends on the police force. Yeah. And when I see the Internet step up and almost in a collective voice they i mean ftp as it were not file transport protocol uh <laughs> i'm like that breaks my heart because not only because are my my friends are police right but like my friends are police and they've saved lives right you know my friends are in the military and the national guard and they say they've saved lives they're national heroes to me now obviously not all of them the, I mean, the, the guy and, and his, uh, his associates up in, up in Minnesota, uh, that, uh, that killed Mr. George Floyd. I mean, I, that's not a good cop, obviously <laughs> not protecting yeah. or serving in, in that case. And so I, but I've stayed completely silent because the cops I know and the cops I love are great, but I'm not so jaded as to realize that every cop is that way. Right. And uh, in, in that conversation after our small group last night uh, with our pastor, Keith, um, he, he was formerly a Greenville City, right? Greenville City. He was a Greenville City uh, police officer. And um, 
and he actually brought up a really good point is within this conversation or debate or situation, whatever you want to call it, um, we're talking about effectively uh, black people being demonized right within within the justice system is, mm-hmm. is you could put it that way he said but when you do that to cops you're doing the same thing that's right and and it creates a double standard and so what we need to do is be as consistent as possible and and hold cops accountable for their actions just like we would Absolutely. anybody else Absolutely. and um and uh you know he's he said that he's he's struggled with uh with some uh just revulsion at at the whole FTP, as you said, John. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and rightfully so, right? In the, in the same way that I could, um, you know, if, if someone were to use FTP to talk about pastors, yeah, because in my lifetime, I've seen many pastors abuse, yeah, their position, yeah, uh, for financial gain, yeah. Um, Put, give give the the church a black eye because of their actions. Uh, you know, it, I've even seen pastors who perhaps have a good heart, so to speak, but out of ignorance do harm mm-hmm. to the body of Christ. Yep. Um, and I know that I know that that's real and that's true. And and there are pro- is probably a significant number of pastors who do that yeah. to, th- to this day. But what I would say is I think the overwhelming majority of pastors in the evangelical church are loving and serving their people well. Yes. And so I would not I would I would revolt at someone saying FTP to talk about pastors. Yeah. In the same way that Keith is going to revolt because he has experience as a police officer, and I think. Right. I think we're safe in saying that the overwhelming – this is in our statement that we're going to read Sunday. The overwhelming majority of police officers love and serve their communities well. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't acknowledge that there might be a systemic problem in mm-hmm. law enforcement. Yep. Even if there's a – even if it's in the minority. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there's also a systemic problem of racism that is touching – Many aspects of our culture. Yeah, um, we should be able to have that conversation without villainizing all police, and that's where I think James' words are so helpful to us. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because anger doesn't produce the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. Is that anger leads me to jump to conclusions and categorize people all the more, even if what I originally got upset about is right. Right, and that's where I think we we need to be able to justify the anger legitimize the fear. I talked to a friend of mine this week whose husband, they live in another state, but her husband is a doctor um, and is African-American. And he had he had a deer pull out in front of him in a some little small town on a country road driving back from Fayetteville, North Carolina, where he works, to Rock Hill, South Carolina. Mm. And she was, she said, I had a moment of terror because the police were there. And yeah. she said, like, there's a legitimate fear that, that we have every time. You know, even if the cops that came to that, the scene of where you know, his car was almost totaled by this deer, the cops that showed up were good police officers and helpful police officers that did not discriminate against him. But yeah. there's there's been enough of this 
that there's a legitimate fear that where I have zero fear, I might get frustrated if I get pulled over for speeding, but I have zero fear that I'm going to get beat up or my a knee's going to be put on my neck for eight mm-hmm. minutes. Um, but our I mean, African-American I, brothers and sisters don't don't feel that kind of safety. Yeah, it's true. You know, I, I would love to, to be in a world where the only bad cops we had to worry about were like performance-driven bad cops, like Barney Fife. I wish that the, only, <laughs> like the worst bad cop in the United States was, was Barney Fife. You know, like, like that would be fantastic. Like, I don't... <laughs> had to keep bullets in his pocket. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I... Uh, I'm gonna have uh, to watch heart, Andy Griffith tonight. Yeah, my, right. my heart really does go out to, uh, uh, and I think all of ours do, uh, to everyone affected by the situation. Yep. Um, and I think that's maybe one benefit, if if possibly the only one. And I hasten to call it uh, a benefit, anyways, is that being quote on the outside of a situation, it positions us in a way that we can care for all and that we can have yep. compassion for all. And, uh, you know, Kelly and I were, were talking, uh, the other night. Um, I guess we already, we already mentioned the, uh, the piece about our, our perspective and, and, uh, uh, how we've never been in situations like this to, to be able to fully, uh, uh comprehend and, and emote, uh, which which is why the onus is on us uh, to understand, to be slow to listen. And I know it's an echo, or fast to listen. Excuse me. And I know it's an echo of what's already been discussed, but uh, I, I think it's I think it's important to repeat and repeat often. Hmm. Yeah. Um, any resources, podcasts, blogs that we could point people to for this mm. as as we kind of wrap this thing up. I haven't watched that Vody Beecham sermon. Bauckham. What what I say? Beecham. What what's his last name? Bauckham. Bauckham. Sorry. Come on, man. Sorry, man. <laughs> I like him a lot, though. Yeah, I really do. And and I haven't watched that, but I'm going to. Uh, so that might be a, a really good place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I thought Matt Chandler had a great statement on on this whole thing. Uh, I watched his. Um, I can't think of a podcast right now. That I, I haven't mm-hmm. listened to any podcast about this specifically, yeah. but you, Padre, other than the Vody thing. No, the Vody, the Vody thing was just excellent. Um, a, a perspective that I just haven't thought of or seen before. Yep. From a man in his position. Um. Yeah that that was that was yeah that was my big one, and it's it's probably an hour long, so it's it's. Mm-hmm. It's a long resource. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of good nuggets. Watch it on 1.25 or something. Um, I, the Just Thinking podcast, uh, we had uh, Dwayne Atkinson with the Bar podcast. Mm. And, uh, so, well, you could also go back and listen to that episode that I did with him where he talked about some of this kind of stuff. But the Just Thinking podcast on his network that he runs, uh, Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, a couple of black dudes talking about, uh, they had an episode in February about racial reconciliation. They just did one on George Floyd in general and, um, both really, really good, really, really scriptural. And at the same time, probably about as anti woke (laughs) as you can get. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
uh, really good stuff from from those guys at Just Thinking. What do you got, John? Anything? Uh, Maybe the Bible. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, that's a good recommendation. <laughs> Honestly, I was waiting for your recommendations. Uh, I, uh, I I haven't uh, I haven't watched much uh, as far as commentary goes because uh, it just seems like I've been flooded with commentary. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so I, I value your recommendations, and sure our listeners do too. Um, this is uh, every now and then. There's an episode where you know we discuss something that's that's outside of of uh, uh, my element, so to speak, and often current current events in in society mm-hmm. and beyond fall into that category. Um, and uh, you know, over uh, over the last goodness two years, I mean, if you do the math, almost two yeah. years of, of doing yeah. the show. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, a, a lot of those uh, those recommendations have have really uh, helped refine and uh, my worldview in the, in the midst of uh, uh, of situations and pandemics and crises yeah. and, and things like that. And so uh, that's uh, yeah. I mean, just gratitude. That's all, I, all I've got for today. Yeah. One more uh, resource is Doug Wilson's blogs have been really good around this situation, uh, addressing things like intersectionality and how, how you know, if he has a black brother that comes to him with an open Bible and says, you've wronged me, then I hope God gives me the grace to hear him out. Yeah. And But if, if my black brother sins against me and I go to him with an open Bible, God grant him the grace to listen to me. Yeah, and uh, and that kind of thing. He also had a, a really thought-provoking blog about uh, reasonable doubt, and within the trial that will happen for this police officer, like, do we have room in our thinking for what if he gets off with this? It's like, how how do we process that? And we're obviously not going there in in the discussion, but yeah. but at least thinking about that possibility and potentially being prepared for it. Um, because it, it is a possibility. So, um, should we leave it there? Sounds and, good. And go on to uh, game two <laughs> of the doubleheader. Uh, so, for those of you who aren't subscribed to the All Seven Days podcast, go ahead and subscribe to that. And uh, just keep in mind that their newest episode will have taken place literally five minutes after this one. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Love to have you. Yep. So, follow us, comment on Facebook and Instagram, subscribe on iTunes and Spotify, leave a five-star review, support the show at anchor.fm. You can donate money, help us improve. You can pledge to donate $10 a month or a year. Sorry, I'm burping all over the mic. Two two years and we still have to read a dang script. How about you judge me a little more and uh, (laughs) get your choice of a Piper Drive version 2 Wickliffe Fuzz or Pink Trouble Booster. Make sure you email me with your shipping address. When you do, thanks for listening. Go subscribe.